Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the truth of the Catholic faith without compromise and without apology. We want to give you high energy and non-boring Catholicism, where anyone at any time can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. We do apologetics, spirituality, other religions, our culture, and more. Most of all, we want to inspire you, inform you, and help you to know, love, and live your Catholic faith with purpose and passion. We are Catholic Truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catholic Truth Podcast. My name is Brian Mercier, and I will be your host. I am the president and founder of Catholic Truth, and I am super excited to be here with you today. This is the story of the Catholic Church, the worldwide Catholic Church, 2,000 years old. This is the story of how the Catholic Church from the first century to the fourth century survived persecutions, torture, death, exile, jailing, maiming. I mean, the Roman Empire tried to destroy the Catholic Church. It tried to wipe Christianity off the face of the map. And so this is our story. Not only how we survived that by the grace and power and miracles of God, but how we ended up converting the entire Roman Empire and the whole world. This is our story. We think that this is the first major scandal or crisis that the Catholic Church has ever faced. But it's not true. We've faced many crises in the past, and we've got through them because Jesus himself started the Catholic Church. He did not start the Jehovah's Witnesses, or the Mormons, or the Episcopalians, the Pentecostals, Hillsong, or any other church on earth. He started the Catholic Church, and he said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. He also said in Matthew 28 that he would be with his church until the end of time. And this story shares just that. It shows how Jesus not only saved his church, but helped it to grow and flourish and become the worldwide church that it is today. The Catholic Church is 1.4 billion members, found on every continent, nation, tribe, and tongue on planet Earth, and it's the largest single church on the face of the planet. And it wasn't always that way, because as soon as Christianity was started, not only did the Jewish religion seek to persecute Christians, but the Roman Empire sought to persecute Christians as well, and they persecuted them in the most gruesome ways you can imagine. You ready? When the Catholic Church was just a speck on the map, just a tiny little church just starting out, barely more than 12 apostles and a, a bunch of followers of Jesus, the Roman Empire wanted to extinguish them right from the beginning, and Satan inspired these pagan emperors to destroy Christianity. Right after Domitian, the emperor, died, the emperor Trajan came into power and persecuted Christians. And when I say Christians, I mean Catholics, because Catholics were the only Christians back at this time and would be for centuries. The Emperor Trajan held 123 straight days of gladiator games where he threw Christians into the arena, and he had all sorts of tortures waiting for them. He started by killing the people who knew the apostles, like Ignatius of Antioch and Polycarp and other people like that, the people who were the closest to Christ and the original Christianity. He started to try to kill them. And in fact, he took one man and burned him to the cross right in the middle of the stadium in front of everyone in those Colosseums. And the person burnt, but he was unharmed. 
He wasn't dying. He was completely intact. And a gladiator had to come out and stick a sword through him and finish the job. Some people, they just cut their heads off with axes. Others, they roasted alive in iron chairs, scalding iron chairs. They would sit them in there and scald them to death. Other people, they would whip and they would beat until their blood was all over their bodies. And then they would just leave them there to die and be eaten by wild animals. This was the gladiator days. And that was nothing compared to what was going to come. This lasted up until about the year 200. And that was nothing compared to what the emperors were going to do because Christianity, despite persecutions, was starting to grow. Christianity was starting to expand. How were people converting to Christianity when they were being so killed? It was because of the power of God. It was because of their love. It was because of their unity. It was because they just loved everyone unconditionally and they weren't afraid to die. Now, Romans have honor. They have courage. They have strength. And they were known for that. But then when they saw the strength of these Christians, unafraid to die in the Colosseums, they wondered what is different about these people, and it made them start thinking about Jesus Christ, especially since many of them started proclaiming Jesus Christ right in the stadiums. The Roman government in the year 200 decided to make Christianity illegal again, and nobody could practice Christianity without dying. The penalty was death. And in fact, there were two young women named Perpetua and Felicity. They wanted to become Catholic and they sought to be baptized. They were both newlywed with babies and they were found out about and discovered. And the Roman Empire grabbed them, seized them, and threw them into the Colosseum. At least this is what Eusebius said, who's the earliest church historian. He said that the emperor mocked them and their sex by putting a cow in there instead of a panther or a tiger or something else. And the, the cow came and charged them and bowled them both over. What did they do next? They got up, limped toward each other, hugged each other, gave each other a sign of peace, a kiss of peace, and then they just held on to each other until they were going to die and go to heaven. They just stayed there with each other helping each other. And the cow never came back to finish the job. So the gladiator came out with his sword and he stuck his sword through both of them and killed them. This was the days of early Christianity, of the early Catholic Church, where people were just slaughtered in cold blood. These were our mothers and fathers, our brothers and sisters who paved the way before us and they weren't afraid to share or die for their faith. At this time, countless Christians were burned to death, stoned to death, starved to death, burned to death, tortured, ripped apart, and beheaded. In many other ways, they were being killed. And yet, Christians would not give up their faith. This is what's so inspiring. This is what's so awesome about our faith is that they literally, Satan literally tried to wipe it off the map. And as we're going to see very shortly, it actually had the opposite effect, and it ended up biting him in the butt. The Romans took this one lady and they actually punched her so many times that they knocked out all of her teeth. Imagine yourself being put in a coliseum and then being tortured until you have no teeth left and you don't give up your faith. That is the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit working in you. They took another woman and they racked her. They put her on the rack and broke all of her bones. They took another man named Metras and they stuck reeds and and like needles through his face and even his eyes. <laughs> One calls to mind the movie Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, when Doctor Strange had all those needles going through his face and his head. And he was in 
ultimate pain. And this is what Metris went through, and he didn't crack. He didn't give up his faith. And I only tell you some of these tortures because some of us are persecuted all the time. Here in America, in Ireland, in different countries, we're persecuted for our faith. And we don't have anything to cry about compared to what these Christians went through. I mean, we get offended when people make fun of us at work, or our friends might say a sly comment about the Catholic Church. You know what? This is nothing compared to what our brothers and sisters went through before us. We should take it as a badge of honor to, to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ and, and that we don't have to do it as they did. The more emperors that came about, the more Christianity was persecuted. And the weird thing was that it was still growing and growing and growing. Countless people were converting to Christianity. And by the time you get to Diocletian, the most severe tortures that ever hit Christianity in the early church would break out against the early Christians. Before I tell you what they were, let me ask you a question. Do you think that God is going to sit by and let his children just keep dying? Do you think God is going to sit by and do nothing and just sit there idly while his children are dying? I think not. And you are going to see the most powerful work of God in helping the Christians and converting the Roman Empire. Diocletian came to power right after Decius. Decius was known for killing the holy pope Fabian. He stuck a sword through him and then threw him out a two-story window down to his own death. But that was nothing compared to Diocletian, who doubled all efforts to kill Christianity. He burned churches to the ground. He burned the Holy Scriptures and as many copies of the Scriptures as he could find. Thankfully, the Catholic monks fleed from one library to the next and kept copying the Scriptures so we could have them today. Christians during this dark time had to worship underground. They had to worship in the underground cemeteries known as the catacombs. And if you look at the catacombs, this is proof that the Catholic Church existed during this time. And it was Catholics being killed and not just generic Christians because they had Catholic uh, pictures down in the catacombs. They have popes down there and bishops buried down there. They have uh, paintings of the Eucharist and prayers asking the saints to pray for them to Jesus and many other distinctively Catholic things. However, Diocletian and his horde of army found out that many Christians would hide down there. So a lot of times they would collapse catacombs and kill every Christian, man, woman, and child down there who were hiding and who were praying. One time they barged in and sought to kill the Pope and all the people rose up to protect the Pope. But of course they were unarmed and the soldiers easily overthrew these people and they killed the Pope and all the deacons with him just to make a point and tried to get the people to convert. The Roman Empire didn't just want to kill Christians. They wanted them to convert. See, the emperor had made Christianity illegal and yet people were still converting to Christianity. The emperor had made statues of gods and idols and said, Christians, Catholics, you need to bow down before these statues and idols and worship them. And they said, no, we only worship Jesus Christ. We will not bow down before your statues. There's only one God in the whole universe, and his name is Jesus Christ. He's the Lord of all. And they would preach to the emperor. They would preach to his soldiers. They would preach to his executioners. And so many Christians would die in the Colosseum in one day by being beheaded with an axe that they had to sharpen the axe at the end of every single day. 
way. But the thing is, they lined Christians up to kill them, and they didn't have to bring the next Christian up to the stage, to the platform to kill them. The next Christian, as soon as one died, they would run and jump up onto the stage, onto the platform, and put their arms out in the shape of a cross, and they would proclaim Jesus Christ and tell everyone in the stadium how he's the God of the universe. And the people were amazed that the Christians had this much courage. Usually, it was the Romans who had courage and honor and who were known for this. But in this case, it was the Christians who were far more fearless than the fearless Romans. They weren't afraid to die. And they would jump up there and proclaim Jesus. And there were many stories, but there was one story in particular about a, a little boy named Dioscorus. He was 15 years old. And he got up there and he stood in the shape of a cross. This should be inspiration for you teenagers to live your faith to not be afraid of your faith, to not care what your friends think, to live it with passion, to live it with conviction, and to not care what anyone else thinks. And not just the teenagers, but the adults watching this video as well. Dioscorus stood up there with his arms wide open in the shape of a cross, and the emperor was kind of amazed that he was so young and so courageous. And so he sent people down there to find out why. And they tried to convince him to give up his faith, and he wouldn't. So instead of killing him, they tried to do something else. They brought in other Christians, and they killed them brutally right in front of Dioscorus. And every time they said, if you don't convert and you give up Jesus Christ in this Christian faith, we're going to kill another Christian. And he said, well, kill them because Jesus died for us. We're all happy to die for Jesus Christ. He gave his life for us and we'll give ours for him. We're going to go to heaven. <laughs> the emperor didn't know what to do with Dioscorus. And for the one of the rare times in history, the emperor did not kill him. He said, when you grow up and you get a brain in your head, you will give up this silly Christianity. But Eusebius, the earliest church historian who chronicled a lot of these things and told a lot about them, he says that Dioscorus was a prominent member in the Christian church after he grew up. I mean, it's an amazing story. I mean, the Christians were inspiring everyone. People were converting to Christianity in large numbers because of miracles and because of great things that were happening. So many times, bulls and panthers in these tigers that were hungry and starving to death would charge the Christians when they were sitting there half-beaten. And then when they would arrive at the Christian, they would immediately stop. They would kneel down in front of the Christian and just lick their wounds. And everyone, thousands of people in the Colosseums would just look at each other and we've never seen this before. What's happening? And what happened next was that the gladiators would come out. They would try to bring back the animal and then the animal would turn and kill the gladiators. And so the thousands of people in the stadiums would see these miracles and would start converting to Christianity. And this is in spite of being tied to machines that would rip off your arms or fingers or different parts of your body to torture you. This was in spite of being stuck in hot lava to torture you and to kill you. They had the most gruesome torture devices made to make these Christians convert, and yet they would not convert. Only the high and the rich and the people who wanted to save what they had would would break and would crack and would give in. But most Christians did not convert. And it was so inspiring that even Roman centurions began to convert. Even people to up to the third and fourth person from the emperor himself would convert to the Catholic Church. I mean, the people right who served the mighty emperor right under him were converting to Christianity. There was one story about a man who was just being beaten, and he was an old man, and he couldn't take it anymore. And right before he was about to give up and possibly even sacrifice to an idol, the Holy Spirit came down as he did so many times in the lives of these Catholics to inspire them, to give them rock-solid courage and faith. But the Holy Spirit 
Spirit this time did not inspire the man who is being beaten. He inspired centurions around him who all ran toward the man, picked him up before he died, and ran out of the stadium to save his life. And the whole stadium went nuts. They went crazy. They were cheering for this man. They were cheering for the Christians at this point. And the emperor was going crazy trying to figure out why everyone was turning against him. And it was like a celebration. The six centurions ran out and they would hold their hands up in like celebration that they were helping this man. And they were all excited, knowing full well that they were going to die, knowing full well they would be executed for this. They proclaimed the God of the Christians before they died. And so many people started proclaiming Jesus Christ, started proclaiming the one God of the universe that people converted in large record numbers. And you could see God working in a special way to convert the Roman Empire to Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. Now, not everything was this pretty. Some people were thrown into mines. Some people were made slaves. Some people were maimed, and they only had one eye, one leg, one ear, no eyes, no tongue. I mean, the most gruesome things happened to these Christians. And I tell you these so that you are not afraid of persecution today, so that you who are watching this video can be inspired. Get down on your knees tonight and pray to that that same power of the Holy Spirit inspire you. Pray that the same power of the Holy Spirit that converted the world converts your heart, gives you that courage, gives you that zeal, gives you that passion. If you can't tell, the Holy Spirit gave me that many years ago because I used to be afraid to explain my faith. I used to be afraid of being made fun of. I was afraid to be a Jesus freak until the Holy Spirit poured out Niagara Falls upon me. He gave me the power of God and it's been in my soul ever since. And even times when I'm afraid to live my faith, I have to get down and pray to the Holy Spirit to help me. But let's not be afraid of our faith. Now, at this point, God is going to step in once and for all. And he's going to use a man named Constantine. This is a crazy story because at this point of the Roman Empire, they would kill the emperor and they would kill his entire family so that he would have no heirs. And that the person who killed them, the family that killed them, would take over. But then they weren't in reign very long before the next claim to power who wanted the throne killed them and their entire family so they couldn't rule. And then they would take their place. There was so much treachery and bloodshed in the Roman Empire at this time that one emperor who lived longer than many of the others split before his death the Roman Empire into four different sections. And that way there could not have one emperor and they could all split it and not have as much treachery. Now, Constantine received one of these sections and he had the poorest and the weakest uh, section of them all and even the weakest militarily as well. Maxentius, he had the strongest section of all of them by far. I don't know why it was divided that way. He even had the Praetorian Guard, which had not lost a single battle in 125 years. Wow. And he waged war on two of the other provinces, the other two sections, and easily defeated them. And now all three combined were coming for Constantine. He was going to wage war against Constantine, who was a pagan at the time. And pagan Constantine sought his fourth soothsayers, his fortune tellers, and they all said, give up. Don't fight this guy. He will kill you. Just give up. Give up. Constantine didn't like the idea of giving up, and so he just kept thinking of what to do. And during that time, as he started thinking about what he should do, he walked outside, and he looked up into the sky, and he saw this giant cross. 
in the sky. And under the cross, it said the words, in this sign, you shall conquer. How awesome is that? Now, apparently, this sign was so powerful that it made Constantine give up his pagan ways. And I don't mean he stopped being a pagan, but I mean he trusted the Christian symbol of which he knew about because his father was sympathetic to the Christians. And he said, okay, this is the God of the Christians everyone's been talking about. I'm going to trust it. He seems to be helping all the Christians right now in the Colosseums and different places. I'm going to trust this sign. And so he put it on his shields. He put it on his armor. He took the sign of Christ. And against all odds, it was literally impossible for Constantine to win this war. He had nothing, no might, no military hardly, no money. I mean, it was a poor section of the empire. And yet he annihilated Maxentius and sent him running off into the night. And his armor was so heavy, it said, that Maxentius Sentius fell through a bridge that he was running across and drowned at the bottom of the river. <laughs> so much for that. But three sections against Constantine, and Constantine came out victorious in the sole head of the Roman Empire. And because of what Christ did for him, and because of the sign that he trusted, he ended up legalizing Christianity. And he ended up giving Christians the freedom to worship again. He ended up giving Catholics the freedom to worship again. And Eusebius, in his book on the early church talks about how Catholics came out of the mines with one eye and one ear or no tongue, but they were singing and celebrating or at least putting their hands up in the air and glorifying God. He said they filled the churches to capacity and overflowing. He said every church you went to, people were praising and glorifying God because he had saved them. They were so happy. They were so joyful. They say, there's a saying out there that says that the blood of martyrs is the seed of saints. The blood of martyrs is the seed of saints, just as Christ saved us with his blood. So every time we shed our blood for him, out of love for him, Christ raises up the church. He makes us stronger. He makes us better. And in fact, hundreds of years on and off for 300 years, these persecutions happened. And those blood of martyrs, it ended up raising up a church that would take over the Roman Empire and take over the world. And it's the most amazing story. Some people say that the Catholic Church embraced paganism, but they haven't read the earliest writings of the Christians. These Christians were so passionate for Jesus Christ. They were so passionate for the original Christian faith. People attacked the Christian faith. They tried to change the Christian faith. And these Christians, these Catholics, would write against them, whole treatises against them, saying why they are in the original faith and the heretics are not, and why they're trying to change what Jesus Christ started. They fought fiercely against the change. They fought fiercely against paganism, and they fought fiercely against anything that was not part of original Christianity. So we went from 12 apostles, a small little church, to growing and then becoming persecuted on and off for 300 years. And everything seemed grim. And Satan was destroying the church, killing Christians, uh, making Christians uh, want to give up their faith. But most of them didn't. And they stayed strong and they lived for Christ. They even died for Christ. And now the Catholic Church is the largest church on the face of the planet. It's the church that has been around for 2,000 years and has outlasted almost every institution 
institution and organization on the face of the planet. It's over 1.4 billion members, by far the biggest church on earth. We've produced the most martyrs. We've produced the most missionaries. We've produced the most saints on the face of the earth in those 2,000 years. We've produced some of the best music, literature, art, architecture. I mean, we've literally made this world. We built Western civilization as we know it today because Christ works in his church. Do you realize that you are one Catholic, you, out of a billion strong worldwide? Do you realize you're one Catholic of billions over two thousand years. We have a legacy, and I'm just going to say it, I'm proud to be Catholic. I love being Catholic because it's the church that Jesus started. And it's the church that started orphanages and hospitals and combats drug trafficking and does so much good for the world. Yeah, of course, we've had evil men in the church. We've had bad popes. We've had bad things happen. And Jesus said they would happen because anytime there's people in the church, anytime we're involved in the church, bad stuff is going to happen because people are imperfect. I'm imperfect. I mess up all the time. I'm an embarrassment to Jesus sometimes, but his mercy is great. His love is strong. And he allows me to start over again and again and again. That's why I follow Jesus, because he loves me individually. He looks down on me passionately. He smiles upon me. He loves what he sees, and he does for you too. So be proud to be Catholic. Love your Catholic faith. Don't be ashamed when people persecute you. Don't be ashamed when people put you down. Why should you be ashamed? You have the truth. You have Jesus Christ. You have what they don't. It's like going around in a car with no wheels or wheels that are deflated. Imagine riding around in a car where all the wheels are deflated and you're going one mile an hour and it's lumping along. But you, watching this video, you have fully inflated cars. But all the people around you who have deflated tires are making fun of you for having inflated tires. I mean, really? We have the truth. Let's live that truth. Let's be as passionate as the early Christians. Let's be as strong and filled with the Holy Spirit as the early Christians. Let's be filled with love and compassion, even for those people who persecute us and put us down. I guarantee you, if we do that, we will reconvert the world. We will change our country and will change the lives of those around us. Pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. Beg for the Holy Spirit. Beg for the passion. Beg for holy desires, the desire to live more for God, more for heaven, and more for your faith every day.